Welcome to The Butchery Begins, the only podcast which wields constitutional authority. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And this time we're covering Season 2, Episode 5 of House of Cards, Chapter 18. Let the record reflect that I wanted to call this episode autoerotic asphyxiation. All right, we could have done that. You're just having trouble getting it out because it is a mouthful. It, it definitely is. Autoerotic asphyxiation. Especially with the bag over your head. It was really, <laughs> really coming out muffled. Yeah, well, you know, I, I was just doing that for practice. So I wouldn't have done that on the real cast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Man, you know what wasn't practice? Huh. The Skull fucking that dude was give, getting from that girl, or was it the guy? It's like a power. It was assisted, both of them, right? They power they assisted swapped. skull fucking. Uh-huh. That was crazy. What did that scene have to do at all with the rest of the episode? You know, it's the first thing that I felt was like really exploitative on this show. Uh-huh. It just basically look at this, uh, look at this depraved Chinaman. <laughs> Yes, what it, it was like. basically to set him up as some sort of freak, right? Yeah. Like some loose cannon kind of guy who we're not sure of his motivations and all that. But yeah, the, I don't know well, why that scene does that. I Like, I okay, it's a little out of the normal. Yeah. Sure. Right. But it doesn't necessarily say to me, like, this guy is he, a weirdo. He didn't throw a person in front of a train. <laughs> or, uh, yeah, I just feel like sometimes, like, this... This show really pegged Frank on the Walter White meter, and sometimes that it feels it feels like uh, I got a little peach oil in my voice there. Sometimes it feels like that they have to make the guy he's squaring off again even worse uh-huh. to make us, you know, not so we just still sympathize with. Yeah, Frank. <laughs> yeah, because he's 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 the anti-hero of this show, and if if we lose any connection with him, then they're kind of fucked from a narrative standpoint. Yeah, yeah, That's, and it's tough to keep a murderer sympathetic. Yeah, but again, and, I don't. I mean, maybe my maybe I'm just uh, unusually open-minded, but that is not the <laughs> most shocking thing I've ever heard someone engage in. Sure, and sure. it doesn't look like anyone was coherced and they were paid handsomely for it so sure okay well so other than that scene uh we get a lot of back channeling here with fang fang or fong depending on who's saying it yeah uh raymond likes to go all out with his pronunciation Mm -hmm. um i didn't follow this really well i'll be honest uh i know that they're they're basically so at the beginning they're like squabbling over kind of some kind of agreement in the WTO, right? Yeah. So there is, um, there's a bridge project. There's a refinery project okay. involving presumably the unobtainium 149. Yep, yep. There's the bridge project that, that the Chinese and, and more to the point Tusk wants. Yeah. There is the bridge that for some fucking reason, the president wants and mm-hmm. somehow China is involved. I, I wasn't sure where this bridge is, if it's a bridge in China or, what yeah it's over the river quiet i'm not sure um and then what the other thing that is near and dear to the uh uh american government's heart is this world trade lawsuit against the chinese for currency manipulation yeah 
and it appears that it's also near and dear to the Chinese heart as well. Yeah. So, and and, and I've 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 learned a little bit about the Chinese currency in the last six months or so because of Bitcoin and following <laughs> all that. Yeah, yeah. But they've got you know. Um, I'm not sure what kind of their their currency is, but they've got really strict controls where, mm-hmm. like, you can't just um, trade uh, their dollar for any other currency. You can't trade the yen for um, – and I'm not actually sure if it's yen. That might be Japan's currency. I know it's Japan's currency. I'm not sure okay. about China. So, so you, can't, you, 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 you can't really convert it, and the government has tight controls on it, and – uh, this businessman wants a more like a floating kind of more modern, more Western fiat currency where you can kind of play around with it and manipulate interest rates and yeah. make more money. And him and T- T- Tusk both have that as, as something they want. Although they don't want the United States to just drop the lawsuit – Mm-hmm. They want it to keep it up so that they can have pressure to subvert it from within or give them the political uh, political cover that the world well, Americans are forcing it. Yeah. Because it seems like when – and Frank doubts that he's got the full – I mean that's the crux of it. Frank starts to suspect that Fang isn't speaking for the Chinese government so much as he's speaking for the business interest of China himself and Tusk. Yep. So he does things like float the idea of you know leaking the idea of dropping the lawsuit, which – you know, China responds very enthusiastically to, which undermines the idea that that Fang is is you know dealing on the up and up. Yeah, and so while Fang is lying to uh, to Frank here, Frank is also lying to the president and to Raymond yes. as well. Which is so there, there are a couple levels of lies going on here, and the, and the show really makes us make sh- sure that we don't get miss the connection that Fang and. Uh, Tusk are in bed together. I mean, Fang keeps oh, yeah. the same Western hours. I mean, he's he's literally the Tusk of the East, I suppose. Sure, except with a few more billion dollars. <laughs> it's just a few more billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all put together, him and Tusk don't don't even stack up to Slovakia though. So, <laughs> um, so that's uh, that's in broad strokes. Mm-hmm. Um, Frank is trying to win the president's co- uh, confidence and also undermine – he's trying to cut off – Yeah, I guess uh, Tusk has sprouted a new one that he's got to <laughs> lop off because this feels like the fourth time he's uh, split the president off from Tusk and, and uh, whacked his, his uh, dick off. But uh, Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he says that right up front in the episode. Yeah. Like he's going to war with Tusk at this point. Yep. Um. And at the end, it seems like they're really going to war now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's where we got our, our name for our podcast, Let the Butchery Begin, you know? Right. Uh, what else is there to, to talk about with that whole ordeal? Do you think we've seen the last of Fang? He's he's oh, God, there no. to stay for a few episodes at least, right? Yeah, because I think they're, he, they're, he's joined forces with Tusk. Uh-huh. And it's Tusk and Fang. That's Ooh. got to be something intentional right yeah like they're a both, saber-toothed tiger they're, they're both things that can rip into a prey item sure a prey item an <laughs> item of prey a prey animal yeah so frank better watches back yeah he can he can get gored there um i don't know i mean the one thing i don't understand so so this is the classic money versus power 
Mm-hmm. Frank's point is you've got your money and all you can do is buy influence. I get influence at the fucking tap. Yeah. I get influence just by breathing and by virtue of the hard work and the asses I've kissed in the office I'm in. Um, and who do you think, because he's, he compares himself to, uh, Ulysses Grant, mm-hmm. which had a reputation as being a butcher in a civil war because he had more men, more firepower, more materials, and he would throw them somewhat recklessly in the battle against the overmatched South and, yeah. and win strategic victories, even though he suffered more losses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, uh, I'm not going to get into the, I'm not going to, I'm not getting into civil war nerd stuff. Um, <laughs> okay. why, what, what, how is this analogous to Frank's situation? It seems to me that it's, they've got the billions of dollars and they're going to throw against his small, but dedicated force, which is his, uh, office and his relationship with the president. What huge soldiers yeah. are Frank going to commit and sacrifice in this war? I mean, if he if Frank is successful in getting the president on his side, that means he will essentially be the grant in this, right? I mean, he will have the muscle that uh, this guy who claims to speak for the Chinese government uh, and Tusk would not have, because mm. because fifty billion dollars is nothing. That's a drop in the bucket to the American, even just our our weapons budget, you know. Yeah, I feel like that there is going to be some some butcher's bill to be paid. Like I, it's starting to seem to me that Kathy Durant is days are numbered. It feels like it that yeah. he's really putting her as you know in a role of a maverick and using her to uh, do all the manipulation of the Chinese and get, take all the blame. Um, and it also might be just a war of attrition that he hurt his own reputation with the president just as much as he did Tusk's. Yeah, so that's what I was going to ask you. Do you think the strategy is smart of him just straight up lying to the president and hoping that the president will believe him over Tusk? Tusk has a 20-year relationship with the man. Well, the I think that's that's the thing. If he damages that relationship, Frank's won, because they both come down a notch, but the only thing that gives Tusk mm. any power over him at all is that relation. So now That's it's true. like he's cut off his supply lines, and now they're roughly fighting on equal footing, except for yeah. Frank has got... The office. And he can get <laughs> things done in Congress. What can if, if Tusk doesn't have these backdoor channels and, and this business acumen just is shown to be some self-serving bullshit, what has he got to offer to president? Yeah, that's a very good point. So I think Frank realizes that maybe he can repair he – can, he can give the president more of what he wants so he can afford to lose some goodwill if it, if it also hurts you know, Tusk because he can't – even though he's got 20-year head start, he can't replace the goodwill as fast. That's the only yeah. thing I can think of as a strategy. That makes a, a lot of sense. Uh, I think we've covered that completely. What do you think about the the storyline here of Frank's grandfather's death? Man, I don't even know. Don't know what to make of that? This feels like... It feels like kind of the Sentinel storyline where we find out that, oh, wow, Frank is got this hidden facet to himself that we didn't affect, and we thought... I thought you were talking about the TV show, The Sentinel. No. From, from years ago. No, You're talking about the episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> the thing about that storyline is it it was very much of a bottle, a bubble episode that didn't really go anywhere. Yeah. Like that I don't think the realization of Frank is bisexual had any bearing on the rest of the ep, uh, on the series. No, not so far. It was just 
some you know extra color to give his character. Mm-hmm. This thing with his grandfather seemed like it might mean something different because this guy's talking about you know your grandfather he fought with his bare hands. The Union had better, more men and and uh, you know uh, better equipment and half of us didn't have bayonets and blah blah blah. Yeah. But the thing that I kept coming back to is that's just bullshit. That's just some bullshit some uh, Civil War reenactors making up and telling him. Yeah, quite possibly. And also there seemed to be like some significant glances going on between him and Frank. And there was that connection where somehow that guy broke – he didn't broker. Maybe he was just an excuse to go off into the woods alone and Frank said, hey, go to this spot. I, I, I don't see how – To meet Fang. Yeah, to meet Fang. Yeah. I, that's the one part I don't understand at all. And I also don't understand – what motivated Frank to bury what I assume is his military class ring uh, on the spot yeah. of the the new uh, Overlook Campaign Museum that they broke ground on? That so also th- that's definitely interesting. I mean, it so it's his his military class ring. Um, his father had served and died, uh, you know, essentially defending the country. Well, um, no, his father was on the wrong side of history. His father was a Confederate soldier. Yeah. Sure. He's doing what he thought was right. Okay. <laughs> In his mind, he was certainly defending the country. Yeah. Uh, he was defending the the country <laughs> the right of the 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 state's rights to slavery. Sure, sure. Uh but it felt like he buried that ring maybe because he was ashamed of that. Hmm. You know? Like cuz I don't he, see he him did. getting rid of that ring without him losing his connection to this military school history that he had so that's a good take and uh i've got a different one but as a support for that uh, he made a big point at the beginning of the episode to in one of his monologues with us is how he detests slavery and how yeah he didn't understand the south and how you never you should you should never raise a flag unless you're ready to win or you think you can win yeah um so there's that maybe that was a renunciation of his failure because we also found that all Frank doesn't look up to his progeny very much. Mm. Like his father, he thinks, is a middling failure. Uh, we find out his great-great-grandfather, I don't know that he can respect him, that he he fought for a losing cause with his bare hands and got slaughtered. <laughs> Probably So maybe not, yeah. so. Also, I, I wondered, though, <clears throat> if that wasn't a way, because Fang said there's no hollow ground for, the lo- for losers, and he spat on the ground. Uh-huh. I wonder if this is a way for Frank to... Uh, I, I think he largely agrees with that sentiment, but I also wonder if that was a, a way to kind of consecrate that ground in his mind, hmm. okay. or to um, repudiate, or you know, just to you know, as a as a fuck you, just for himself to the Chinese guy, to Fang. Yeah, it, that's possible. Uh, he certainly doesn't like the guy. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. We don't have much insight on that particular. Uh, storyline there yeah uh why don't we move on to how about lucas lucas is the the most ridiculous thing to happen in this episode by far oh this plot i mean like i said i don't i i didn't i didn't hate as much as i thought because of the way it turned out and i mean this is probably still you know going to be a developing story or or else why did he give us so much backstory to gavin last episode with what he's really supposed to be doing and with the av guy you know with the ant- he's apparently trying to bring a, an antivirus scanner to justice. <laughs> this is all going to McAfee, isn't it? Yeah. McAfee. Yeah. He's hiding out in Bolivia 
with his uh, <laughs> running his drug empire and his 12-year-old bride. bride and his massive gun collection. Uh, yeah, and you definitely don't mention this at the very end of the episode while Frank stares into the camera. Uh, they got Lucas, unless you intend to do something extra with that, you know? But, man, the writing. Oh, God. The way they write this FBI guy is he's like a mustache-twirling villain. <laughs> I mean, this dog metaphor he goes on was ludicrous. It's such an amateur piece of writing, yeah. in my opinion. I have a pet, too. His name is Gavin Orsay. <laughs> Sit. Oh, look at what a good boy you are, Gavin. Then... <laughs> He barks like a fucking dog and says in his best Bale Batman voice, Is that what you need me to do? <laughs> I mean, these guys are both, speaking of dogs, chewing the shit out of the scenery, furniture, yeah. lighting, rigging, and everything. pissing on everything. They're oh, just, yeah. They're ruining the entire room. They're humping each other's legs. They're yeah. just going the fucking town. Let's see how far we can take this dog metaphor. <laughs> when I say fetch, you fetch. If you try to bite my hand, I will put you to sleep. I mean, this is uh. the kind of shit... Job from Arrested Development would say. Oh, yeah, definitely. When he's trying to pull, like, roll tough on Michael. Uh huh. I mean, it's ludicrous. It's, it's terrible. Easily the silliest thing I've seen in this series so far. It's so far out of place from the rest of the writing on this show. I, I, I almost think it's, it's like some kind of farce that the, that they're putting on. Yeah, I don't know. Or they just hired like a temp writer. You know what? We got a scene. We, yeah. we got no idea what to do with this, we're, but we're really just putting Lucas down like, you know, like, like the dog metaphor that this whole thing has become. So we don't <laughs> give a shit. Just whatever. You yeah. Know? Oh, uh, oh, you like dog metaphors. Oh, I could write those. Well, they did. They outsourced it to China. <laughs> and every time it came back for editing, it got translated to English and then back to Chinese, translated to English, back to Chinese, and we ended up with this script. I think yeah, that's what happened. That's, that's it. It's a cautionary tale about multinational trading. <laughs> um, but, of course, Gav, or, you know, uh, Lucas shows up to the data center. It goes exactly like we think. Yep. He thinks he's so slick and awesome. And he puts the shit on whatever that USB stick is, and he's instantly arrested by the FBI. Yeah. And now, like, I was just thinking this. There's no way out of this for Lucas. If he starts raving about Frank and how he set him up, he's just going to look progressively more insane. Yeah, yeah. And there, there's no way for him to know that Frank set him up, right? I mean, he well, didn't I'm see the sure meeting between Stamper and I'm the sure FBI. That, well, I'm sure we're going to see him being debriefed, and he's going to say, he killed Zoe, and he killed the congressman, yeah, yeah. and now he set me up with this shit. All right, and, give us some proof. But it's just, I mean, he, no one's going to listen to him. They were not listening to him back when he wasn't a cyber terrorist. Now he's a cyber terrorist. <laughs> this just looks like a bunch of self-serving bullshit, and it's crazy to boot. Yeah. I don't see, yeah. so, I don't see how they bring Lucas back, unless there's some kind of 24, like you said, 24 plot where this guy becomes like some kind of militarized fantasy of Edward Snowden, and mm. he breaks into a jail, and he springs him out, and they both go to Switzerland. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I hope that doesn't happen. That sounds right? real bad. I know. I know. So uh, the less said about this particular plot line, the better. Hopefully, they'll do something interesting with it to make it. But on the other hand, it's also five minutes out of the episode. Sure, but but frankly, I've been bored with this plot line since Zoe was killed. Yeah, and I don't know why we, we shouldn't talk about it as much, except for I find it fun to. <laughs> sure. So okay, well, let's talk about the final uh, piece of the puzzle here in this okay. episode. That is Claire. Uh, Claire is attempting to get some kind of sexual assault reform in the military uh, using the first lady and 
uh, the somebody Women's else. Caucus leader. Yes. Okay. Uh, so they they sit down with a couple of the heads of the military and try mm-hmm. to convince them, hey, look, you've got some problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they read them a horrible line from their own instruction manual that says sometimes it's better to submit. Than to resist if you're being raped. Yeah, that's pretty horrifying. Um, and I think they get the point Yeah, right then. And you can see it in their faces. And I, I also think is I get it. I understand why the military does not want civilian oversight of their justice system. That's one of the things that makes them special. It's one of the things that allows them to exercise discipline, etc. Mm-hmm. But this is not necessarily a military crime. This isn't treason. This isn't cowardice. This isn't shirking. This isn't going AWOL. This is just such straight up fucking criminal rape. Yeah. Um, and clearly they're not doing enough fast enough to make these things, you know, uh, to go away and reduce them. So they need to do stuff. They need to do more. Yeah. We didn't get any of the actual fallout with, uh, McGinnis this episode. No, well, I think this is part of it. This is just to be, you just know, sitting down. Sure. But I want to see some consequences for that dude. Oh, well, I mean, I Personally. honestly, if I never see him again, I assume that he's probably going to be court-martialed, stripped of his rank and probably sent to Fort Leavenworth prison. I would hope so. Uh, so, um, the other piece of the puzzle in Claire, and this is what I bothered me okay. about the previous and where, and I'm really uncomfortable about this. Mm-hmm. Um, Claire lied about the abortion and timeline. It doesn't match up. And mm-hmm. now she's got this fucking Seth Grayson guy who's clear. seems like he's shady as shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Prowling around to her old abortion doctor who kept the meticulous records of all the off the books abortions he did. Like you do whenever you're doing criminal <laughs> enterprises, you want yep. to take as many notes as possible. Sure. Um, and videotape uh, it, put it on YouTube. Right, right, right. That's the only, <laughs> that's the only possible way. And kind of, goes to Claire and say, here's this thing that I got from you. Uh, If your boy was doing his job, he would have got it for you. I want his job. But Connor wanted to dig deeper on this, and he was afraid of it, and Claire just completely brushed him off. Yeah, it it felt to me like Seth had some kind of vendetta that he wanted to take out on Connor. Well, not only that, but I think he's got some kind of, like, Claire is right not to trust this guy, I think. Yeah. He's and trying I, to weasel his way into her staff. We, he did it. I mean, Frank basically all but told, I mean, completely supported bringing him into the fold because they, he thinks it's way easier to manage Connor. Yeah. You know, than a guy. It's, it's easier to uh, grab a guy inside your tent that's pissing out and manage him than someone outside your tent pissing in, as Lyndon <laughs> Johnson famously said. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And this is why I feel. Because if this guy is really some uh, you know, political shill that's trying to bring down the Underwood administration with this, it's going to feel bad, man. Yeah. Um, and if it lets this general guy off the hook because it casts doubt into her story, that's going to be aw- that's going to be awful too. Yeah. Um, I I don't know where that's going exactly, uh, but it, it looks like it's set up to be pretty interesting either way. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I did like ugh, I just <laughs> uh, this, this particular plot line feels uh usually when that do something really icky, they don't give you this much setup. Mm, it just kind of yeah. happens and it's shocking. This is like I I feel this is like a slow motion disaster that we're going to see unfold over several <laughs> episodes. That could be the case. Anything else? Uh don't think so. 
Um, if anyone knows like uh, anything that we're uh, missing about the uh, Fang rendezvous with Frank, I would love to know because that's the one thing. Um, and that relationship with his grand great 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 grandfather. Mm-hmm. Um, super interested to hear anybody's takes on that for when we in a couple weeks discuss this in a full fuller manner. So that's it for our instant take, but starting next week, we'll be doing a longer, more in-depth weekly cast for House of Cards. Be sure to send us your thoughts and feedback to houseofcards at baldmove.com, and we just might read it on air. If you've enjoyed our show, please help us get our new House of Cards podcast launched in style by rating, reviewing, and subscribing on iTunes. You can also support us by using our Amazon affiliate link when you shop online. Just go to amazon.baldmove.com, and we'll get a tiny cut of Amazon's profits from whatever you buy on that session. Best of all, it costs you nothing. Be sure to tell your friends, family, and coworkers about Bald Move. Also, check out our website for all our other television coverage for Game of Thrones, Mad Men, Walking Dead, Breaking Bad, and Downton Abbey, and all of our general pop culture casts like Personal Arrogance and The Because Show. Keep up with the latest on Twitter at Bald Move and on Facebook.com slash Bald Move. See you next episode.